So as I read today's gospel reading, I was reminded of a story that I heard some time ago. And frankly, I have no idea if it's true or not. It may just be some ecclesiastical version of an urban legend. So I'm going to keep the name of the town quiet in case it is true. But the story goes like this. There was in a large town a Baptist church and a Catholic church located side by side. Neither one of them had enough parking spaces. But the Catholic church began their primary service an hour before the Baptist church began theirs. And often some Catholic parishioners would park in the Baptist parking lot. And to their credit, I don't think it was well marked. Of course, this frustrated the Baptist church members who would arrive five minutes before their own worship service only to find that all the parking spaces had been taken, some of them by their Catholic neighbors from next door. The congregational leaders of the Baptist church called this to the attention of those on staff at the Catholic parish, but the situation continued unchanged. Finally, the board of deacons from the Baptist congregation came up with an idea. One Sunday morning after the Catholic service began, the Baptist deacons went out into the parking lot and placed on every car a bumper sticker that read, Proud to be Baptist. (laughs) Understandably, the following Sunday, the Baptists had no trouble finding empty spaces in their parking lot when they arrived for worship. Because we really care about the bumper stickers on our cars, the tattoos on our bodies, and even the books that line our bookshelves. They all say something about our identity. They tell us who we are. And I think our gospel passage for today is all about identity. The Herodians were supporters of Herod Antipas, the king allowed to rule purely at the discretion of Rome. So he was a client king or a puppet king. The Pharisees were interpreters of the Torah. And these two groups became unlikely allies in today's reading, both intent on tripping Jesus up. After some false flattery, they say to Jesus, tell us this, is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? Now it's been pointed out that the Jews of that time paid many taxes. They paid temple taxes, land taxes, and custom taxes, just to name a few. But the tax in question here is different. This was an imperial tax, money the Jews were required to pay to Rome in support of the regime that occupied their land. They were, in essence, paying for their own oppression. So would Jesus be on the side of those who resisted the occupation, the nationalistic crowd, and the religious Pharisees who found Caesar's claim to be divine unbearable? Or would Jesus be on the side of the wealthy elite who had actually been put in power by Rome? So it seemed that Jesus was between a rock and a hard place. But Jesus said to them, show me the coin used for the tax. Someone brought to him a denarius, a coin that had engraved on it the head of the emperor. And it also had engraved on it the title, Tiberius Caesar, son of the divine Augustus. Jesus said to the Pharisees and Herodians, Whose head is this and whose title? They replied, The emperor's. Jesus responds, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. 
Now this answer leaves us with all the uneasiness of being far too convenient. Could Jesus be saying that what we do with our money isn't important? Could he be saying that it's really just the spiritual things in life that matter when it comes to our faith? That the world is divided into secular and sacred and that the realm of faith is confined only to what we might call sacred? That just like our mama always told us, politics and religion don't mesh? Could Jesus mean that as Christians we're supposed to be good rule followers and subservient to the government no matter the context? I don't know many people in this room who would be good rule followers. I just want to point that out. (laughs) But frankly, none of that really sounds like Jesus. Even the Jesus within Matthew's own gospel. Earlier in this gospel, we hear Jesus say, No one can serve two masters. For a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and wealth. And of course, Jesus ended up being tried and executed as an enemy of the Roman government. So maybe Jesus is alluding to something more subtle here. Scholars say that first century Jews couldn't have helped but hear echoes of Genesis 1 in Jesus' words. In the creation story, we're told that human beings are made in God's image. God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Caesar's image may be on a denarius, but God's image is on the people gathered around Jesus that day. They, like all of us, belong to God. So we may give to Caesar that which is Caesar's, but we give ourselves to God, and that in turn affects and trumps everything else. See, the dichotomy between the secular and the sacred is a false dichotomy. It's a dichotomy that our sacraments break down each and every week. In Eucharist, bread and wine become the body and blood of Christ. In baptism, water becomes the means to eternal life. God shows up in the most ordinary, secular, and even profane places in the world. Places we would least expect. And God shows up also in each one of us. This spring, one of our Practicing the Way of Jesus groups at St. Peter's experimented with trying to see each person we met through the eyes of God. We tried to see each person that we came across the way that God saw them. It was a powerful exercise. In a similar way, as Jesus responds to the Herodians and the Pharisees in this passage, we find ourselves confronted with the question, do we see ourselves the way God created us and sees us? With God's image engraved on us so much more deeply than Caesar's image was engraved on the denarius, so much more deeply than any bumper sticker that's on our car. And if so, does that alter the way we live? Not just the way we spend our money, but the way we spend ourselves. There are no easy answers here. This is another one of those places where we have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. But every time we do the work of reflecting on what it means to give to God that which belongs to God, every time we do that work, we trust that our exterior will be shaped more and more into the image of God coming to match ever more closely that deepest part of our being, 
which is already indelibly stamped with the face of God.